and welcome to the WIFT podcast. This is Dr. Susan Liddy, Chair of WIFT Ireland. At the Cork Film Festival, LK Shields, leading Irish entertainment law firm, gave a special presentation funded by BAI. Here we have Aideen Burke, Media and Entertainment Associate Solicitor, talking about the ins and outs of Section 481. Okay, great. So uh, today we'll be talking about uh, Section 481 film tax relief. So as most of you will probably know, um, this year there have been some fundamental changes to the Section 481 system. Um, And Revenue released some guidance finally um, on the new system a few weeks ago. So I thought it would be a good time to just have a quick chat through the changes that have come about this year as informed by the Revenue guidance. So before we look at the changes, I think it's just important to have a quick look at, uh, have a quick recap over um, the key features of Section 481, which haven't really changed much. So first of all, the relief is only available to qualifying films. So that's a film which is produced on a commercial basis with a view to making a profit and uh, which is produced wholly or mainly for theatrical uh, and broadcast release. And that can sometimes include internet release as well. So the film has to come within a permitted category of film. So that's a feature film. Now it also includes certain shorts, which are of feature quality, certain types of documentaries, although the regulations, the legislation is very specific with regard to the type of documentary that can uh, qualify for so it has to be a creative documentary uh, animation of course and tv drama as well so there are certain excluded categories and they include reality tv that's scripted and unscripted uh, certain current affairs um, and sports broadcasting as well so the relief is as always calculated at a rate of 32 percent of the lowest of eligible expenditure the total cost of production or 70 million. And the regulations and legislation are very specific with regard to how each of those are calculated, eligible expenditure and total cost of production. So that's something that a producer will work very closely with their accountant um, in order to quantify what those figures are. Um, Relief is claimed against the producer company's corporation tax liability. And there are de minimis uh, that there are de minimis figures that apply. So the budget has there has to be um, at least one hundred and twenty five thousand of eligible expenditure or two hundred and fifty thousand of the total cost of production. So really, the biggest change that's been brought in um, by the new system is that revenue is no longer directly involved in the application process. So if anybody who's been through the Section 481 process previously knows there were huge delays being uh, suffered because revenue just had a huge amount of work to get through all of the applications. Um, So applications used to involve submitting lever arch folders worth of documents to revenue. Revenue would then apply to the minister um, for uh, culture, heritage and the Gwail talked for uh, a letter of cultural authorization. And then revenue had to go through all of these documents, a lot of legal documents, chain of title documents, um, to make sure that the film um, qualified uh, or came within the legal, corporate and commercial uh, requirements of the regulation. So because of all the delays that were being suffered, a lot of producers had to go to the banks to gap the, the fin- to, to plug the finance gap. And obviously that's quite an expensive form of financing. 
Um, so really, uh, now there's a self-assessment model. There are two steps in the process which we'll go through. So first of all, the producer company has to um, apply to the department um, for a cultural certificate. And once they have that, then they uh, claim the relief through the revenue online system um, on a self-assessment basis. So really, um, as I said, the idea is that revenue is workload um, is freed up. But actually, the work that's involved for a producer mm -hmm. hasn't really changed very much. And in fact, it's become more important than ever to make sure that you have everything in place and in order um, uh, before you make the claim. Before we look at the uh, application process, I thought I'd also mention the Regional Film Development Uplift. Um, so this is a, a positive uh, introduction uh, with this year's uh, regulations and legislation. So uh, this increases at the rate of 32% to, uh, well, it starts at 37% and then reduces on a sliding scale over the next few years um, for productions which uh, take place in an assisted region. So, so yeah, the assisted regions are any county except Dublin, Kildare, uh, Wicklow, um, Meath and controversially Cork and there was um, a, a lot of uproar over that and, and, I, and I couldn't understand why actually. Anyway, so step one in the application process or step, step one in the section 481 process now is that a, a producer has to apply to the department for um, a cultural certificate and the timing of this application is really important so it has to be made at least 21 working days before the commencement of the main body of the Irish production. So that's essentially four weeks and one day. Um, but if it falls over a public holiday, um, it might be longer than that. And the uh, Irish production is deemed to commence on first day of principal photography. If it's an animation, first day of animated drawings. If post is taking place in Ireland, it's the first day of post. And those forms have all been agreed. Would they agree with the revenue, or they would agree? Yeah, uh, no, no, no. So this is separate to revenue. Now, this mm -hmm. this this form is available on the department's website. And um, so the application form itself will include all of the details up there. So that's the details of the producer company, qualifying company, production schedule, category of film. It'll set out uh, whether the film um, is intending to meet the cultural or the cultural or the industry test or both, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and then if it's creative documentary, how it meets the uh, creative documentary test. Um, and then supporting documentation that has to be sent into the department include a synopsis of the film, completed screenplay, uh, TV scripts or storyboard, production schedule, uh, and then the declaration that uh, the declaration regarding undertakings and difficulty. So this is a new feature of the uh, legislation and the regulations this year that have been brought in this year. So the previous criteria for a producer company still apply. It has to be resident in the state or else have a branch in the state. It has to own all of the shares in the SPV. It has to continue trading for 12 months um, after the, the completion. Um, but also, there has to be a declaration submitted by a director of the production company to say that the production company and any of the companies in the film group are not an undertaking in difficulty. So this is a requirement that was introduced by uh, EU state aid rules. And it basically says that it's not an entity which, without the tax credit, without the, the tax relief, it would uh, more than likely cease trading 
trading in the short to medium term. Um, so it's important to, to just make sure that you have that in order and also that the declaration you're making is, is correct. So when the department receives the application, they'll uh, take a look and they'll consider whether um, it meets the uh, requirements of the regulations and also, uh, importantly, whether the film meets either the cultural test or the industry development test. Um, so it'll ask whether uh, the film um, acts as an effective stimulus to the making of audiovisual productions in Ireland uh, through, among th other things, the provision of quality employment, uh, skills development and training opportunities. So that's the industry development test or whether it acts as um, whether it's important to the promotion, development and enhancement of national culture. So that's the cultural test. Um, and if the tests, either or both of those tests are satisfied, the department then issues your cultural certificate. Um, and that's a statement that the film is a qualifying film. It'll, the certificate will also say which or of either or both of the tests the film meets. And it will also have certain conditions that have to be met. So they uh, tend to relate to employment, skills development. The certificate will also set out um, the acknowledgements that have to be in the main titles and um, closing credits of the film. And um, it will also have a few other things just yeah, about acknowledgements and credits and, and anything else that, that the, the department mm -hmm. deems to be important. So I think, yeah. I was going to say, there's new ones now um, where it's to do with gender as well. We've the gender. Do you do this at this stage? Yeah, yeah. So that is something that that you report on. Is certain something that they'll certainly um, um take consideration of. Yeah. So there could be. I mean, there there isn't a an exhaustive list or, or categories of conditions that can be attached to a certificate. Um. So that may be one that features in a certificate. Um, and the t and and just in term, it's important to remember that. The certificate is being granted based on the information provided in the application form. So if any of there's a material change to that information as a production progresses, it's essential that a producer informs the minister of that change because you don't want a situation where you've claimed tax relief and it's based on a certificate that's actually invalid because the information has changed. Um, and I'll talk a bit in a bit about the risks that are involved in having an invalid certificate um, and hence an invalid an invalidated. Uh, tax so credit claim for the revenue not being involved is that exactly you know, yeah 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 because it's a self-assessment basis yeah so there weren't yeah. there weren't the penalties that there yeah. are now because um revenue tended to to do all of the heavy lifting but now it's being placed on the producer okay so then the second step in the process is to uh, claim the tax relief and that's done uh, via the revenue online system and um, so there are two options available to producers just like last time so you can claim the full amount of the credit um, within six months of completion of the film or you can claim 90 percent up front um, with the remaining 10 percent to be claimed um, within six months um, of completion so uh, most producers as you know go for the 90 percent up front um, and uh, in that case, there are certain conditions that also have to be met. So um, there has to be a, a declaration um, that all of the financing documents have been fully executed and any CPs have been met. And those CPs might will tend to include having clearer chain of title and that kind of thing. Um, and then there has to be uh, evidence that uh, either there is 68% of the amount that the tax credit is being claimed uh, lodged into one of the production accounts, or uh, you have a certification from Screen Ireland or the BAI or a similar public funding body <coughs> confirming that um, the, uh, their, their production funding is going to be released. Um, and then there has to be a fully executed 
production financing uh, and <coughs> distribution agreements. So the most important thing um, to remember about this second stage is that, first of all, you have to have the cultural certificate. Second of all, it's important to remember, you cannot make this claim until you have all of the documentation in place. And um, the film regulations are very specific about having all of the supporting documentation in place before making a claim. So if we just skip on to look at the kind of documentation that you would need in order to support um, a, a Section 481 claim, you have all of the chain of title documents that Jean mentioned. So that's the screenplay and writer's agreements, for example, production financing and distribution agreements, uh, any of you know BAI um, or Screen Ireland funding agreements, pre-sales and distribution. So that's all going to look very familiar to anybody who's done Section 481 applications before. So you have all of those in place. The only difference this time is that they're not submitted uh, to revenue. They're they're just kept on file. Um, but uh, as I said, don't make your claim until you have them in place because revenue has the right to go in and to request these documents. And it's said in the guidelines that it's recently released that in order to minimize delays, if it chooses you uh, to, to, to look behind um, your claim, uh, you need to have them all in order to make it very clear and very obvious to anybody looking at the documentation and um, that you're eligible for the relief and also that the relief, the amount that you're you're saying you're um, entitled to is accurate. So, you know, it can't be emphasized enough how important it is to have everything in order, to have your house in order before you do it and to engage your accountants, to engage your lawyers to, to, to confirm to you, to, you know, that or to help you to get everything together. I suppose, um given that this is just a new system, if the revenue finds over the next couple of years this isn't working and when they look under the hood, the chain of title isn't sorted and it's all very sloppy behind the scenes, mm -hmm. they probably will go back to the old system of everyone waiting the revenue to clear it if they, if they find that there's a very high degree of the information not being what it should be. You know, yeah, yeah. Some regimes are vulnerable to be you know, undone if the revenue find they're more trouble for the revenue than they're worth. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that's that's in that's everyone's interest that this kind of works. You know? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that just kind of sets out the roadmap. If you were to wait until the end of um, completion to to claim the credit, so it's pretty much the same. Um, you just have to submit a few different documents, so the production accounts and your compliance report. And then this is just the the kind of scary um, slide here that just tells you um, of all the situations in which relief can be withdrawn. Um, so that's if uh, you fail to comply with any of the provisions of Section 481 of the regulations, if you fail to comply with any of the conditions um, set out in the cultural certificate, uh, if you fail to supply records to revenue when they request it, um, if the production company ceases trading as a film production company within 12 months, or if they uh, give up any of their uh, shares in the qualifying company, so that's the SPV, um, in, the, uh, in the next 12 months. And the important thing to know here is that not only would relief be withdrawn or can it be withdrawn, interest is also payable um, from the date on which the relief was paid out. Um, and depending on the circumstances or the reason for the relief being withdrawn, penalties can also be charged. 
And the entities who are responsible for paying it isn't just the production company, it can be any of its directors and any beneficial owners as well. Um, so, so that's the, the really scary part of it. So that's the kind of hook that will, you know, they're, they're trying to get people and together. There, could I presume, Adrian, include someone that's an employed accountant in a production company that's not an owner, but they're, they're the accountant and they've been appointed as a director of the company and they're asked to sign these things? But they may not be an owner. They may just be a yeah, yeah. director or something like that. Well, if if it, if they're on the if they're on the board, like if yeah, they're an appointed director, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because, well, the point is, you may not be paid extra as part of your salary to be a director. Mm-hmm. You might just be an accountant, uh, production accountant, and you are a director. Yeah. The company is asked to fill in this stuff, and then you end up with revenue cost. Not ideal. It's not, no, it's suboptimal. So optimal, and then this is just uh, the different transitional arrangements that are in place in terms of any kind of old section 481 applications that were uh, submitted sort of mm-hmm. around the time that the new system came into place. Um, and then that's kind of it, really. Can I ask so, what an yeah. AIP letter is? I saw it there briefly on screen. Uh, that's, impre- that's approval in principle. So that was okay. under the previous system where you could submit draft documents to revenue and you would get approval in principle. Um, but now, um, that's you, gone. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so that's it. I hope Thank that was uh, <laughs> as engaging as it could be. <laughs> I hope you found those legal insights informative and helpful. Until the next time, thank you for listening.